Good evening, friends. Welcome to another episode of Perfect in Love with John and Kim. I'm John. And I'm Kim. And here we are, Thursday night. I didn't forget. It's here. We're doing it. Wait, wait, wait. You did forget. I didn't. I remembered. And then forgot. And then forgot and then remembered again. (laughs) But regardless, here we are. We missed you. So excited to talk to you again. And just grateful for all of you that keep listening and those of you new people who have been joining us. Um, if you are relatively new, hopefully you like what you've been hearing, and hopefully it's been helpful. Please uh, go back and catch up with us on all of the earlier gems. I have a podcast in my lap. You do. She's been very feisty already. Yes. What do you have to say there, Miss Kitty? Looking at my butt, Dad. <laughs> she's so oh no, she's licking my elbow. She's an elbow licker. Oh, stop it. This whole podcast is gonna be about a cat. No, it's not. Um So what's been going on this week? Anything um, noteworthy and new before we dive into things? Um I coached at a competition on Saturday. Yeah. How'd that go? Um Tell good. Us about it. My synchro team took second again. It's the series of the silvers, apparently. Um, And then I coached a, which for a lot of you that don't know skating terminology, but a basic two skater. So the levels, obviously, one, two, one on up. And she took third in her elements and then took second in her program, which for being her very first competition was amazing. Um, and then I stayed and helped with one of our adult skaters. So, yeah, we had a really good, really good competition on Saturday. It really burnt me out. <laughs> and I'm finally catching up. To you were legit with, uh, tired, yeah. Yeah. I did not sleep until 1037 yesterday. Oh, wait. Yes, I did. Because <laughs> I've been fried since then. Yeah. You got to remember, people can't see your face. And there's it's tough to pick up your sarcastic jokes there lady i don't know who uses sarcasm like that but you do just gotta remember um yeah so you coached in a competition and you've had a lot more skating things coming up and of course the camp has been very busy as well we've got one group here already for the weekend another one arriving tomorrow Um, that's gonna be like ages two to a hundred all weekend it's gonna be great lots of cool stuff Anyway, I digress. Um, So I tossed out a topic for tonight to talk about. You looked at me like I was a dork. Mm -hmm. But here we go. Um, It's just a touchy subject. No, it's a a thing. And at night. Yeah, I guess. So let's talk about grief. And death. And grieving loss and things like that. Um. You say it's a touchy subject. Why do you say that? Um, because I think there's different um, ways to grieve. And I think the human part of all of us thinks that because somebody does it different than you, it's wrong. And mm. then a lot of mm-hmm. things become hurtful and things are said that, you know, one regrets or um, it just people keep digging themselves holes kind of thing. Um, 
so it just it becomes a really touchy subject i think i i don't think that makes well i don't think that makes it a touchy subject i think any subject can be touchy if the person is sensitive enough or in the yeah. wrong frame of mind or you know there's a lot of different factors for that um but you you did say you know people grieve in different ways and um you know people look at and judge how people grieve differently and see things from all sorts of different perspectives which makes it a great thing to unpack and talk about um you know there are lots of quotes out there about grief not just scripture but quotes from different people um, all over the internet machine but there is a lot of scripture about um, grief and loss in, in many different ways so it's important to the bible therefore it should be important to us yeah mm -hmm. um and you know i got thinking about it in particular as I told you earlier, because, you know, we just crossed the four-year, four-year anniversary of your yeah, grandma's, of passing. grandma's passing. And, you know, we just made it through January, which, um, you know, uh, holds the anniversary of, of my dad passing and my own grandfather. Um, and we lost a, a mentor of mine from a previous job and, you know, just... Uh, lots of things to remind me and, and bring that up, um, you know, and also we're transitioning through different things in life. And I think when uh, grief isn't just about losing a person to death, grief can be losing or moving on from a chapter in your life. You know, you can grieve that you can grieve the loss of a friendship or a relationship that's not due to death, too. And you can handle those in different ways, both healthy and unhealthy. Um, any thoughts on how you personally have handled different situations, you know, grieving-wise? Well, I first um, adapted, I guess if that's not even the right word, figured out um, my way to grieve when I was 19 and watched my grandpa, my dad's dad, um, literally pass away in front of me. Like we were both in the same, you know, we were both in the hospital room with him. Um, and without getting into too many details and everything, there was a lot of hurtful things that were said that night. Um, because people deal with situations like that differently. Um, and that's had a impact on me, good or bad, but, um, it just helped me realize that, you know, how you handle situations um, can pull you through the next one, um, whatever that situation may be. And so, like, when my grandma passed away um, four years ago yesterday, um, you know, my grandma and I were pretty close. So that made it really hard. Um, we called it camp out week the week that she was on hospice because um, we were basically all there and she became unresponsive and things like that and we had to give her different medicine and whatnot but i remember going to skate that night that she passed away because i hadn't skated all week and i remember seeing her out in the lobby 
of this particular rink I was at. Um, and I knew that night that she was going to pass away. And my brother called us as I, as I got in the car, um, and we were heading out to their house and you were driving, um, that said that grandma had taken her last breath and it just, it bothered me because we were trying to figure out why she hadn't, <laughs> hadn't taken her last breath prior to that. Um, and I know now she, unfortunately, I, I think didn't want me in the room because we were, we were so close and other people will argue that, but I think going through that in two different situations, um, and just knowing where my hope was at and knowing where her her heart was um made the grieving process a little bit easier um because when we were in when it was just me and her in the hospital the one time she was talking about heaven to me which i my 30 you know years 29 years whatever it was i came through math really fast but um at the time like she had never really brought that up to me and I was just kind of her safe space in that moment. So knowing that I know where my grandma went, what is comforting to me. And I think um, even like with your dad and things like that, like when you know where they are, it's easier to grieve, even if it is hard because they're not here anymore. But I think a lot of that peace and comfort comes from knowing um, where their heart was and um, just where they are. Like, there's some some peace in that knowing that they're in heaven and um mm. as hard as it can be because this this earth we've talked about it before like this world that we live in is sinful and it's it's terrible and you go through a lot of things through hurt and grief being one of them but i think god gave us the idea and the ability to grieve in order to help other people oh okay um yeah. There, okay. So there's a couple of things in there that I, a couple of thoughts I have, but I want to, I want to get your thoughts on that a little bit deeper first. Cause that was, that was golden. That was like a, a Kim gem right there. We, every now and again, you come through with one of those nuggets. That's like, ah, Eureka. It's good. Um, that's <laughs> it's like finding a gold nugget you know I, I just i feel like that's what they would have screamed out in the west you know finding gold yeah maybe not anyway <laughs> um so you you said uh, i'm gonna misquote it but you said you, god gives us the ability to grieve to help people do you have any like can you elaborate on that well i guess like because there's different things that people are, I shouldn't say necessarily good at, but things that, and people that you come in contact with in life that have experienced things that you haven't. Um, and I remember a few years ago, somebody throwing it back in my face and saying, well, you don't know what it's like. It, I was 19, I was 19, you know, 19, 20, whatever, 19 when my grandpa died, 29 when my grandma died. Like, don't tell me I don't know what it feels like to grieve. Um, because you've never been in, in those person's shoes, but I think once we've been through that, not necessarily even death, where we've seen a process of something and like you said, grieving through many different things, whether it be job changes, life changes, because there's always a change, life always changes. 
And through different situations like that, where we can relate, where we have the ability to not only seek God's help and trust in that, but we have the ability to help other people and, and give them um, advice of what we've gone through. And maybe they can take a little, you're talking nuggets, a little bit, a little bit of nugget or something from that to, to be helpful um, for the next situation or the situation that they're in. I guess that's kind of what I meant by that. Okay. It's, it's always neat to me. And, you know, I, I hope a lot for this podcast and this opportunity, not this specific episode, but, you know, as a whole that, you know, we can obviously reach people and we can reach people for Jesus. You know, those are the big like macro goals, but a micro goal or joy in it, I guess, is the interaction you and I get to have together that, you know, we, we get in our everyday life, but it's just so much different. So like, you know, you and I talked a a little bit about what to talk about tonight and, but not in depth. And that's basically how it goes almost every week. Um, Sometimes a little more planning, sometimes a little less, but you know, I said, you know, let's talk about grief for X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, we get home, we take the dogs out, we get them fed dinner. You, work on a couple of things. I come up here and I get, you know, the soundboard on the recording stuff together. And um, I'll usually look for a couple of passages that relate to the topic. And I'll gather a couple of notes. And usually I get a couple ideas or a place to go to with a point, right. And the cool part is when so we didn't discuss that point, you haven't heard you know, the thoughts I've had while I was up here yet. It's usually when we're recording is the first time. And so I ask you a couple of questions and prompt you and you start talking. And there's some weeks where it just like, I don't know, leads right together. And it's, it's just so neat to see. Like I, it's almost like I can feel God's working like right in the moment. And that's kind of neat. Um, I don't know, just that little sidebar on that as to how cool that is. But um, so you you talked about knowing where the person is going, um, you know, makes it easier or I I would say different. Yeah, I guess that's a better word. You know, uh, grieving is still really hard, um, but it makes it different. It's a different type of grieving, um, you know, as a Christian. Well, let me rephrase that. Knowing that the person you love is going to heaven and that they're, they have their salvation makes it easier and different. Um, you can still know where they're going and it can make it way harder. Um, not knowing also very hard. So there's, you know, there's three possible outcomes. Um, if you're a, a, a believing Christian, two of them are really hard. The third is less hard and different. The third offers celebration and rejoicing for that person. But it's still really, really hard, right? Yeah. Why? Why? So that's that's the one thing I wanted to... I, I'm particularly curious about um, dissecting, I guess, is, you know, I feel often that, and maybe, no, I know it's not just me. I feel often that Christians... 
when a believing Christian passes and, you know, they're going to heaven, there's like this guilt over being sad and grieving that sometimes gets portrayed or we, you know, faith shame almost like, oh, we can't, you can't be sad for them. They're with Jesus now, or they're, you know, their, their pain's gone. Everything's better for them. I'm not on an island on that, right? No. Yeah. I'm going to throw out a, a challenge and a belief, and I'm sure there's commentaries out there. I'm sure there's this has been done probably a billion times, but I haven't read it, and it's a thought I had tonight, so I'm going to pretend it's original. Okay. I propose this. You already did that. <laughs> not marriage. Sorry. <laughs> Although I haven't done that yet today. Um. I proposed this, and you kind of took the thunder a little bit already, which shows that we're, I think, on the same page. But I propose that grief is necessary for us to better understand and better accept our need for salvation and our need to accept and... um, embrace that we need eternity with God and with Christ. The grief is a micro form of the pain we feel being separated from somebody that we love and helps to show us just in a small, small, small way the pain that we will feel if we were doomed for eternal separation from God. I really, really don't care what that princess thinks. She clawed my leg, and I couldn't even scream into the microphone. I think grief is necessary and has to exist. Regardless of your, if you're grieving somebody that you know is better in, in their eternal home now. It's necessary for us. If we didn't have that and didn't have that ability, um, we may not feel the need to make sure that we don't end up separated from God. Yeah. Challenge me on it if you want. I'm not saying that God forces bad things on us or those situations. I also think that appropriate grieving and healthy grieving is an indication of, well, a lot of things, but one being that um, you are loving in a deep Christ-like way or as close to that way as you can. I think the more you open yourself to the capacity to love and to love like Christ, naturally the more that you are going to uh, hurt and grieve from the separation of those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there ends up being a deeper love, I guess, and more of an attachment that Mm -hmm. when said person's not there anymore or a situation changes and you're fully attached to that, that's where it becomes really hard. And even though you know it's in God's plan, it still is very difficult. Yeah, and and that's not to say that people who aren't Christians don't grieve and don't mourn and um, I've... 
I believe that in ways that's, um, you know, a tool that's used um, to help, you know, give us an opportunity or bring us uh, to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it was for me. Um, and so I believe that probably is for many. Yeah, because we haven't talked about that. No, and we, we I don't know that we can fully unpack that tonight, but um, before I, I go into that at least a little bit, uh, Matthew 5, 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I think that fully supports, I'd love to give a lot more context on that, but I, I think that itself fully supports what we were just kind of talking about. Um, and yeah, so to unpack that a little bit, how, um, you know, how for me, you know, those opportunities to grieve um, brought me closer to Christ. I was speaking of when my, my dad passed when I was a teenager, um, you know, I grew up in the church and I knew of Jesus and I kind of knew things, but I didn't really, really know. And I, I recall that being one of the first times that I, you know, kind of heard of why we need Jesus and what he did for us. And it really made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was that opportunity, that moment that, you know, was used to at least plant that seed a little bit better. I also know that at that time, so not being in a great relationship with uh, Christ yet, I didn't grieve very well. And it's taken me a a number of years to understand why I didn't really feel like I hurt the same then. And it actually got worse as I got older and got closer to Christ. And I think it's because I've kind of understood it more. I don't know. Yeah. Weird how that all works. It bothers me when people don't take the time to grieve or not necessarily doing it wrong because everybody does it different, but they push other people away because they don't know how to grieve. And Mm. so I think in ways too that, um, you know, learning that as we've gotten older, as you've experienced things, I've experienced things. um, We look to other people and we look to what we know, what we know to be true um, because we don't want to hurt other people. And I know of some individuals in my life that have done that very same thing that they don't know how and they don't want to take the time to do it. So in return, they just end up hurting more people. And I think that's been the most difficult part. Um, And I think that taking the time to grieve, no matter what the situation is, is super important Um, because we together don't want to hurt anybody else um yeah i i think you know situations like that a lot of times you know people especially when they're hurting they kind of look at it and go they kind of look at it as like an infection in the body they look at the grief and the hurt is that and so sometimes if you look at it that way you think okay to get rid of that or to make that heal you have to scrape all of that out in order for it to heal and so what that person does is they go i'm scraping out everything in my life that's connected to that person or that hurt 
And once that's all gone, I'll heal and I'll be fine. And that's not true. That's not true. That's, that's so, not, yeah. so one of the quotes that I looked up uh, tonight by uh, Anne Lamont, and I have no context. I don't even know who she is or was, is or was. Um, I'm going to have to look that up later. Hopefully she's not, you know, hopefully her relatives aren't podcast listeners and offended. But she's probably somebody super famous, too. Um, But anyway, she compared it a different way. And she said, you will lose someone you can't live without. And your heart will be badly broken. And the bad news is that you never completely get over the loss of your beloved. But this is also the good news. They live forever in your broken heart that doesn't seal back up. And you come through. It's like having a broken leg that never heals perfectly. It still hurts when the weather gets cold, but you learn to dance with the limp. And so, like you just said, you know, using the infection analogy, that that it's not true. Like, you don't heal just by scraping that all out. Because grief isn't an infection. (laughs) Or infection, it's... It's simply just feelings of, of being separated from, from a love. And, and it doesn't completely go away, and you don't. So I really liked that quote because I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And if, whether it's a person or a situation, an experience that you've gone through, like that's helped shape you. Like yes. no matter the, the times, that the, the years, the months, the decades, whatever the case may be, like that's a part of your life. And if you try to take that part of your life away from you, you're not the same person anymore. Like, you, it's important to recognize that even if it does change. You must read a lot of Charles Dickens because he said. No, I don't. Not at least since my school. <laughs> Suffering has been stronger than all other teaching and has taught me to understand what your heart used to be. I have been bent and broken, but I hope into a better shape. Which is like very right on with what you just said. That was pretty cool. We need to pray. Let's pray. Okay. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the fact that you take everything in our lives, uh, all the bends and brokenness, bumps and bruises and scrapes, however they are, you don't inflict them on this, but you take all of them and you use all of them. You make them all useful. You're the ultimate soup maker. You take everything, you toss it all in, and you make it something good and wonderful. And thank you so much for that. Lord, anyone listening to this, if they don't know you, I ask in your name, I boldly proclaim that they will get to know you. They will make that next step. They will reach out to me and Kimberly directly And we will show them how to find you, Lord. Just let us do it. Let it happen. Um, Anyone that does know you and just needs to take that next step, let them be bold and courageous in your name, Lord. Thank you so much. Pray all these things in your name. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, subscribe. Um, If you feel so inclined to help out this podcast effort and ministry financially, there is the opportunity to do so on the episodes on both platforms. Just click the link. It'll show you how to do it. And we thank you tremendously for that. Um, all proceeds will go towards um, funding the podcast efforts and the ministries here at Bayshore Camp. So thank you so much and have a wonderful night. Good night.